Support for WPR comes from Tomorrow River Community Virtual School, delivering Waldorf-inspired live virtual lessons to grades 4K through 8th, open to all Wisconsin students. More is at trcvs.org. Support for WPR comes from Stone Harbor, a Door County Resort and Conference Center overlooking the historic steel bridge in Sturgeon Bay. Details about hosting a wedding or conference are at stoneharbor-resort.com. During the Vietnam War, more than a thousand Wisconsin men and women made the ultimate sacrifice, giving their lives during the eight-year conflict. Their names are etched into the Vietnam Veterans Memorial in Washington, D.C., and on the Wisconsin Veterans Museum's traveling exhibit. But a years-long effort by volunteers sought to tell the stories of the lives lost in the war. In a partnership with Wisconsin Public Radio, PBS Wisconsin, and the Wisconsin Veterans Museum worked put a face to the names listed on the wall, paying tribute to the lost life and lost potential. Welcome to Route 51. I'm Shereen Seward. Today we hear about Wisconsin Remembers, a face for every name, and the stories uncovered as research into the program progressed. We invite you to share your stories and your memories with us today as well by calling 800-780-9742 or you can send an email to ideas at wpr.org. Our guests today each played a key role in this project, and they've worked to ensure each fallen veteran is remembered. Bryce Kelly is a former middle and high school history teacher. He spent 14 years teaching in the Medford Area Public School District. As an educator, he worked as a member of an education outreach program entitled Teach Vietnam. He was also central to the effort to locate the photographs of Wisconsin service members forever remembered on the wall in Washington, D.C. Bryce and his students located more than 600 photographs of the 1,163 lost Wisconsin military members even before their partnership began with Wisconsin Public Radio, Wisconsin Public Television, the Wisconsin Newspaper Association, and other media and volunteer organizations. Bryce, welcome to Route 51. Mary Jane Herber is a well-known local historian and genealogist for Brown County with a lifelong love of history. Mary Jane rallied librarians from throughout the state to submit the names of those who gave their lives in Vietnam for the Paper Wall Project which she produced for LZ Lambeau. It was a gathering at Lambeau Field that finally welcomed home Wisconsin's Vietnam veterans. Mary Jane, welcome to you as well. Well, thank you. Greg Krieger is the curator of exhibits at the Wisconsin Veterans Museum in Madison. That is the state's premier military history museum that showcases the stories of Wisconsin veterans of all branches of service, demonstrating the enduring relevance of every veteran experience. Greg, thank you so much for being here today. Happy to be here. Bryce, your father served in the Army. He was deployed with the 1st Air Cavalry in 1967 through 1968. I understand your father passed away several years ago from complications related to Agent Orange. How did your upbringing in a soldier's home and your father's life lessons impress on you the value of service to your community? And was this really kind of the inspiration behind your research? Wow, what a great question. Um, I think just, I think my dad, our family, they just taught us 
the value of service and um and it, it didn't have to necessarily be in the military but just in the in your community volunteerism um working with organizations and and when i i spent 14 years in public education and that was really the foundation of of my teaching was to instill in, in our students just that uh that message that we all served and um it was just really I think his service was something that I wanted to make sure that I was able to to live up to, if that makes sense. Sure. Mary Jane, what about you? What is it that drew you to this kind of research? Well, there were, there were a couple things. One is, is I graduated from high school in 1968, and so that was right in the middle of all the the commotion and everything about the war and and. Um, people, friends being drafted and people I knew going off to war. And then um, I've had, because of their work in Green Bay, the public television, Wisconsin Public Television, now PBS Wisconsin, had been in and out of Green Bay frequently for different programs. And because I'm the local history librarian, I got to know them really well. And when they started working on this, on LZ Lambo, which we haven't brought up yet, but on LZ Lambo, I was going to some of the meetings, and um, it was just something that, you know, I'd see fellows that were my same age or a few years older, and that's how. But the one thing I want to say is the project I worked on, I'm, I'm just the coordinator. There are a lot of people all over the state that worked on this project, all over. Well, and we will definitely talk about the LZ Lambo event in in just a, a few minutes here. Before we get started into these individual projects, though, I I really want to ask Greg to talk a little bit about the museum and its mission. And you know, what's what's the focus of of the organization? Our goal, our mission, is to tell Wisconsin veterans' stories. Um, we do that through objects that are collected, service-related objects uh, that are collected from Wisconsin veterans. Also, we have uh, immersive displays uh, both in-house uh, at our museum um, on the Capitol Square. We also have traveling exhibits. Uh, Wisconsin Remembers happens to be uh, one of these traveling exhibits uh, that we offer, and they, they travel all over the world, um, literally, uh, and just bring you know a little bit of Again, Wisconsin veterans' experiences to to everyone and, and anyone. And what is your role specifically? Uh, so again, I'm the curator of exhibits. Uh, so I'm kind of the um, the artsy guy, I guess, <laughs> if you will. Uh, there's some other gentlemen, uh, some, some other folks, excuse me, that are uh, more true military historians. I am not a military historian. Um, but I, I take, you know, their ideas and, and make them real, uh, really, you know, try to make them as, as engaging as possible. Uh, I have, uh, boy, what, 30 years of experience creating exhibits, museum exhibits, um, and uh, try, to, try to bring that into the fold. Thank you for that great explanation, because I always wondered, what it, what is that in Exhibits Curator? What do you do? So I, I appreciate <laughs> that great explanation. So so Mary Jane, let's, let's talk about that LZ Lambeau event. Uh, what was that all about? Well, um, John Muskowski and Mick Dirks had been traveling the state, and initially the state, the Wisconsin Public Television did a program on World War II veterans in terms of what 
at, from their point of view and interviewing many World War II veterans, and then they moved on to Korean War veterans. And as they were doing that, they realized that the guys that had served in Vietnam, especially if it was early, were getting to be an age that they should start interviewing them, and they did. And But consistently through those interviews, they heard, we weren't what we didn't get a welcome home, et cetera. And so um, um, they started talking to each other as they were driving through the state and about figuring out where to have a welcome home for the Vietnam veterans. And most of the time they heard, oh, I'm not coming. And then when they came up with the idea of having it at Lambeau Field, um, which everybody knows, of course, in the state, Mm -hmm. um, they um, said, what if we had it at Lambeau Field? And the response usually was, oh, I'll come to that. And so that's how that all got initiated. And um, and that's where, after a little while, I got involved in terms of going to some of the meetings with the gold star mothers and things and if some people may not want to know what a gold star mother is and let me just explain it sure a gold star mother is someone who has lost uh, um, a member of their family a son or a daughter in um, service to the country so if you saw you especially during the second world war if you saw flags in the windows that had gold stars on it meant that somebody somebody had died. Okay. Uh, so that's what a gold star mother is. What did the event feel like when you were there? Um it was it was amazing. It was there were in the 3 days there were um about 70,000 people they figure there. And um and Bryce was there. That's where we first met. Um, and I think it was John Miskowski that introduced us, Bryce, wasn't it? I, I believe so. I think after um, when I had walked into the, the atrium and I saw the display, I had, I believe it was John, I just happened to bump into and said, hey, wh- who's this belong to or who's doing this? And he's like, you got to meet Mary Jane. And um, I guess the rest is history. It's just kind of our relationship took off from there. Bryce, your efforts began before this, when you were still teaching. So t- tell me a little bit about the work and and how you did some of this research. Yeah, I when I was when I was an educator, I was working with the Vietnam Veterans Memorial Fund um, as part of um, an educator in their teacher or education outreach program. They were they were working with educators across the country to to tell the story of the Vietnam War and make sure that uh, that time period was still being taught um, or a version of it being taught in our in our schools. Um, as we know, history marches on, textbooks get thicker, or history gets thicker, and, and you find pieces of history that become less and less important. And their mission was to ensure that that the stories of these soldiers, um, the over 58,000 soldiers on the wall, was was going to be told for future generations. Um, you know, to many people, it's just a black wall or a piece of granite, and without having any connection um, to that wall, they wanted to make sure that they were able to provide that or create that connection. And part of their vision was, um, at one time, an education center where they were 
Um, their mission was to find the, the 58,276 names on the wall. Now, that number, it changes over time. There's been additions. There's duplicates. Um, but, but the Department of Defense and the VVMF uh, now agree that there's roughly 58,276 names on the wall. And they really wanted to find the photographs so that when people visited the wall, visited the education center, it wasn't just a name. Now you could see a face with that name, and people could submit stories or remembrances and really discuss the lives of, of these soldiers. And so I brought that work back to, uh, to my classroom in Medford, and uh, my students and I started on this mission to, to track down the photographs of all of Wisconsin's soldiers. And, and at that time, I had no idea that uh, Mary Jane was working on her a genealogy project with the obituaries. I had no idea Elsie Lambo was going on. Um, and so we were kind of running parallel courses without really any interconnection. And my students and I, um, basically I was the one doing a lot of the, the phone calls. Having a 13 or 14 year old uh, student reach out to a family um, to ask for a photograph of a soldier who had been gone for, for 30 years wasn't, uh, wasn't a good idea. So um, I spent thousands of hours um, on the phone with families, on the phone with librarians, uh, people all over the state just trying to find connections to these families. And, and we had collected, um, I think by the time that, that I got connected with Mary Jane and Wisconsin Public Radio and Wisconsin Public Television and the Wisconsin Newspaper Association got involved, we had collected well over 650 of the 1,161 Wisconsin soldiers who are inscribed on the wall. Bryce, Another, what did it feel ahead. like when those photos started coming in? The, uh, the emotions are, are hard to describe because I guess the best way to tell you this is, is it, was, it was very rewarding. Um, what we found very on is that some families were very cautious they had a lot of questions. Some families didn't want to talk to us. But as as we built trust and as our work became published or more and more people became aware of what we were doing, uh, we found a lot of people were willing to, to start having conversations about not only giving us photographs, but starting to tell stories about these soldiers' lives. And, and those stories are so powerful. Um, you know, just, just thinking about, a you know, a 16-, 17-year-old kid in high school, going out to the lake to have a beer and then graduating from high school and now being, you know, in some foreign country fighting a war. And, and so it wasn't, it wasn't so much the stories about their time in service. It was, it was learning about their lives that were, that was the amazing part. And I think I was talking about this with Kate and Mary Jane uh, earlier this week, just the, the change that we've seen with these families, um, as we as we know, the Vietnam War was very po unpopular mm -hmm. in this country. And LZ Lambo came to fruit because we wanted to make sure that our soldiers who never got that welcome home um, finally had that closure. And so for a lot of these families, they found closure and then were able to start to have conversations about their sons and brothers and fathers and it was just. Um, wow. I'm, I'm I can't. Ima I can't imagine, Bryce. <laughs> and I, I want to talk uh, more about those stories that you heard ahead. Uh, Bryce Kelly, 
Greg Krieger and Mary Jane Herber are our guests today on Route 51 as we discuss A Face for Every Name. It's a years-long effort to tell the stories of the men and women lost to the Vietnam War. We invite you to ask your questions and share your own experiences as well by calling us at 800 780 We invite you to ask questions and by email as well, ideas at WPR.org. I'm Shereen Seward. This is Route 51 on Wisconsin Public Radio. You're listening to Route 51 on Wisconsin Public Radio. I'm Shereen Seward. We continue now our discussion on a Wisconsin Veterans Museum's traveling exhibit program and the stories of the men and women whose names are listed there. Our guests today all played a role in this effort, Greg Krieger, Bryce Kelly, and Mary Jane Herber, and we'll answer your questions too. Email us at ideas at wpr.org or call 800-780-9742. Wisconsin Remembers, A Face for Every Name, is now in place at Nicolay College in Rhinelander through Sunday afternoon. It stands facing the wall that heals, a three-quarter scale replica of the Vietnam Veterans Memorial and honors the 58,281 men and women who made the ultimate sacrifice in Vietnam. Both will also be at Stevenson Area Museum in Cribbits June 1st through the 4th. Greg, help us visualize Wisconsin Remembers, the traveling exhibit. What does it look like? There's, First of all, there's, <clears throat> there's a distinction that needs to be made here. Uh, the two venues that you just uh, described are our outdoor version of this display. And that, um, that is comprised of 17 uh, panels, if you will, uh, that comprise a, a single wall. It's approximately eight feet high. Uh, and about 50 feet long, um, while the, and then, I'm sorry, the indoor version then are the, the retractable banners then that um, uh, libraries, VFWs, American Legions, uh, et cetera, can, can borrow. Uh, again, those are, those are just for indoor display. There are 17 of those. They're pro- approximately three feet wide and, again, about eight feet high when they're, when they're on display. Um, and it's broken up into into uh, counties, so folks can you know easily look at their county, and then all the names are alphabetical, you know, following that. Um, and again, then there is a uh, pretty much a, a thumbnail image. The images are not large, um, but you know, folks can again just just see that that person's face, uh, and of course their name. Um, it, it's it's incredible, especially I encourage you to go see it uh, with uh, the traveling wall. Uh, the two walls facing each other is extremely powerful, uh, just just really moving. What is the reaction like from veterans who come to to see this display? I think there's a amount of gratitude, uh, appreciation, and uh, you know, again, you know, welcoming home. It, it's it's hard for uh, you know us civilian folk to to kind of you know realize this. I think at times, but you know, there is a very large transition that veterans go through. You know, after their time of service, they have to return home. They have to return to a quote unquote normal existence, and that is very challenging for for many of them. 
Uh, I think seeing displays like this uh, create that kind of uh, reflection, um, you know, inner reflection perhaps, and just, again, realize that, okay, you know, that's in the past now. This, this is today. We're, we're coming together. These, these two worlds are, are coming together, uh, and, and we're here. Uh, we're, you know, maybe not all of us are here, but we, we are remembering those who we have lost. Um, and, again, just, just very powerful. Um, it, it's hard to put into words. Mary Jane, tell me about the genealogy project that you were working on and, and how your work intersected with the work that, that Bryce was doing. Well, what, when when I got in, interested in all of this, and all I could think of was the guys, because I said I graduated in 68 from high school, I knew fellows that went off to Vietnam that didn't come back. And um, I could only think of this one who was a distant cousin. Don't even ask me if we're third cousins or what. And And Mike was such a special guy, and I thought, you know, the the traveling wall is significant because a lot of people are never going to get to Washington. But when I would see those names on different things, I thought there's much more to these fellows than what we see there in terms of what Bryce is talking about, what Greg is talking about, in terms of whether they, to be honest, were the only only child of or that they were one of 14 children or anything of that nature. And so because I had been on the State Genealogical Society board for a couple of decades, I knew people all over the state, and I would call different places and ask them if they would help because we started in January, of, and it had to be ready by May. Oh. And um, I'd call them, and they'd say, the genealogical site is, oh, Mary Jane. And I'd say, no, 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 I have the names and I have the dates. Oh, we can do that. And there were historical societies and in some cases even the the county veteran services officers because they had kept a scrapbook or there were the libraries, the library in Marshfield, that group over there did 25 counties. Most of the rural, you know, barren and small counties in the state that wouldn't necessarily have the equipment. And we worked with Lori Bessler at the State Historical Society to get the microfilm out. And so that's how we did it and went through because we had it divided by county. We knew the names. We knew whatever. And we were able to work. Boom, boom, boom. And since then, we've been continuing because, of course, we didn't find all of them in those three, four months. But um, I have somebody now who, for a long time, at least six, seven years, has been helping with this, a Vietnam veteran who was not interested in going to LZ Lambeau, but he is very committed to finding all of these write-ups in terms of either casualty reports or obituaries. So we, we will. I have an ultimate goal before I retire, but I don't want anybody to ever think that this was not a project that lots of people all over the state contributed to. We just happened to be the people in Green Bay that had a room big enough to put everything out and lay it out and leave it lay for a couple of months so that we could work on it. Mary Jane, what were some of the biggest hurdles? I mean, what was, what was the hardest part about getting the information you were looking for? The hardest part, I would say, um, was Milwaukee County or some of the bigger metropolitan areas, Madison too, because 
because of the size of Milwaukee and the fact that there are so many, in, if you think about the 60s, so many big companies in Milwaukee with Ellis Chalmers and Harner Schrager and Alan Bradley that had pockets of company in other parts of the country that families would come into Milwaukee for three, four years. The son would either enlist or be drafted out of that out of Milwaukee, and then six months later, the father would go off to his next engineering or business assignment with that company, and we'd totally lose track of them. And so, tracking those people down was really tough, in particular with Milwaukee, but some other parts of the of the state also. Bryce, for you, what was the hardest part about all of this? What, what were the biggest stumbling blocks? It had to be just an enormous process. I, I think very much to Mary Jane's point, the the, the transient population, um, you, you know, you, you have people going to, they're from Tennessee, they they're, they go to school in Wisconsin or, or vice versa, right? And you have these Wisconsin casualties who enlisted in other parts of the world, excuse me, other parts of the country. And and so there was a lot of cross-tracking and a lot of just, just digging and trying to find somebody um, or or families that um, only child who, you know, who was killed in Vietnam and mom and dad were now passed on. And so trying to track down a wife or, or a cousin. And, and it, it, you know, that, that was a big hurdle. And then I think truly, I mean, I spoke about it just a little bit before, but, but just building that trust because we were calling out of the blue and people were like, who the heck is this guy? And why is he trying to, to drag up information um, about something that, you know, that happened 30 years ago. And, and it wouldn't have been possible, and again, to Mary Jane's point, with just without all of the people that, that found out what she was doing, what, what I was doing, what, what the state was doing, and said, hey, we're going to help. And, and and that wouldn't have been possible without LZ Lambeau and then, and then the help of uh, Wisconsin Public Radio and Television. Once once we started uh, you know, sharing the story, um, people just really started coming out of the woodwork, and the, the really cool thing is Wisconsin was the sixth state to find all of its photographs for the entire nation. Um, last year in August, uh, the VVMF announced that they actually were able to track down all of the photographs of all of the 58,000-plus soldiers. And so that was uh, that, that was really, really powerful to know that, that all of our soldiers on that wall are now going to be forever remembered. When you reached out to talk to family members uh, Bryce you had to feel nervous when you picked up the phone right <laughs> um it, it, you know when I first started there was a lot of stumbling blocks right lots of lots of conversations about that and I would stumble through it and, and eventually you learned what to say what not to say and, and just really tried to be be yourself and and I found that that going to the VFW and drinking beer with some of our Vietnam veterans <laughs> and there was there was just there had to be a trust factor and I had to find some credibility and and that took time and but it, but it was so rewarding for not only myself but for our students to really to see that the work that they were doing was was affecting lives in a positive way were there times that people just absolutely did not want to talk to you 
Yeah, there was there were there were doors slammed in my face. That happened um, a couple of times. There were numerous hangups on the phone, and 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 when that happened, um, usually it was just finding another avenue, finding someone that knew the family, talking to a local librarian or someone at the school that had a connection back to the family that could could explain what what we were doing, and and we worked through that. But um, yeah, I was I was on pins and needles every time I picked up the phone just because of the fact that we were going to be asking families to to bring up memories from you know 30 plus years ago things that many of them had had put to rest and and put away just like many of our Vietnam veterans were were asked to do come home it wasn't a popular war get on with your life we don't want to talk about it and a lot of our families just they did that mm-hmm Mary Jane, what, what were the conversations like for you? Were some of those conversations difficult for you as well? I, I, the, I, well, as we've been talking, you know, and I, we, we talked earlier in the week, I just, one thing came to mind for me, you know, when we had this exhibit up and what it is is up on foam core and newspaper clippings, and this is before some of the technology of today, and it's only 10, 13 years ago. But there was one that came in from Walworth County, and I don't even know exactly how it came to us, but um, it was from the father, um, worked for the Chicago Sun-Times and drove back and forth to Chicago every day. And I have to tell you that this one, um, Frank, and I won't use the last name, when people would come up and ask what it was all about, we separated that one out and we put it at the very end and we said, go read that and you'll understand what this is about. And I have read that report. I'm tearing up even thinking about it right now. His, his, I, I'm pretty sure I've got the name. It's Frank Capicio Jr. But his mother always wanted him called Topper because she didn't want him called Red all of his life. He was a Marine. His mother died when he was 12. He was 19 when he was killed. And his father, for the Sun-Times newsletter, said he had everything he wanted. I told my wife I would take good care of him. If he wanted two shirts a day, he would have them. He had everything he ever wanted. And he was an only child, and the father was 43 when he was born. And every single person on my volunteer staff, every time we read that one, we cry because it is just, and that's the simplest example for me of the different um, of the different reports that we've been able to glean over these many years because we're still working on it. And we only have about a dozen or maybe two that we haven't been able to find. But I think about Frank Capizio Jr. right now, and his nick, and his name is Topper. Oh, so much emotion. And Greg, I'm curious, you know, from your position at the museum, um, about the reactions you hear from, from families of fallen military members who've been contacted, do you feel like they're relieved to finally tell these stories, or is there sometimes a bitterness involved? It it depends. Um, a lot of a lot of relief, a lot of again like gratitude and appreciation. Uh, right now we have the uh, we have na- uh, faces, excuse me, in our front window of the museum 
Uh, there are before and, and after shots, if you will, and there are uh, men and women, um, uh, an image of them from their Vietnam service, and then an image of them today. And I was in the window, <laughs> well, for a few days, that's a different story, but trying to hang all these things and get them coordinated. And I, I can't believe you, I, excuse me, I can't tell you how many people stopped by. I'd run outside and look at, you know, make sure that it looked okay from the outside, blah, blah, blah. And people would stop and just say, you know, this is so great that you're doing this. You know, these 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 people need this kind of recognition. They, you know, they they deserve, you know, our appreciation. Uh, and, and that's the big thing. I am very fortunate to work with a few Vietnam veterans. Um, similar to Bryce, uh, I grew up, I, I was born in 1972. A lot of my buddies, their fathers, their uncles went over to fight. Uh, my father got out right before uh, the Vietnam conflict. Um, and again, just the, just the appreciation, the um, you know, the respect that this garners, you know, uh, people are just like, this is, this is so neat that you're doing this, that you're recognizing these people. Um, and yeah, it's, it's, it's really overwhelming at times. I, I, I can't even imagine, but, but, but what gratifying, what gratifying work. I do want to mention that the Vietnam Veterans Memorial Fund that Bryce referred to a few mo- moments ago has all the 58,000 plus photos on its site at VVMF. Org. Mary Jane Herber, Bryce Kelly, and Greg Krieger are with us today on Route 51 as we continue our discussion on the project telling the stories of the men and women lost to the Vietnam War, a face for every name. You're welcome to join in with your thoughts and your recollections as well at 800-780-9742. You can also send an email to ideas at WPR.org. I'm Shireen Seward. This is Route 51 on Wisconsin Public Radio. You're listening to Route 51. I'm Shereen Seward with our guests, Greg Krieger, Bryce Kelly, and Mary Jane Herber. A discussion on Wisconsin Remembers, a face for every name. What would you like to know about this project and how it was created? Email us at ideas at WPR.org or join us by phone. The number to call is 800-780-9742. These stories that are sticking with you are, are giving me chills, I have to say, and I mean, when, when Mary Jane, you were talking a, a, about the guy that you just can't get out of your mind. Bryce, what sticks with you? What, what stories are, are just unforgettable in your mind? Bryce, are you with us? I yes, think... I'm still here. Okay. I'm still here. Okay, yep. Bryce. Um, I was just on mute. Okay. Uh, yeah, I'm sorry. Uh, I had a problem here, and I, I apologize. I, I wanted you to share with us uh, some of the stories that stick out the most in your mind. Sure. Got a couple of those. Sure. I mean, what, what, when you think back to the conversations you had with, with family members, which, which one is is one that you will just never forget. <laughs> um, I, I think probably the one that that, that is uh, 
the one that comes to mind all the time first is the story of, of uh, Lyman Bach. Lyman Bach was uh, from Dorchester, Wisconsin, and um, he was a Marine and just um, full of life and spent time. Um, actually, Lyman was from Medford, so I apologize, but spent time overseas and was was killed early in his tour. And one of those one of those things where his his unit and platoon knew, knew where, he, where he was, but they were unable to, to get to him. Um, and he laid by himself for a number of days in the jungle until they were, were able to go back. And, and I just, that, I think that, that story of just dying alone, mm-hmm. uh, but the fact that his unit went back for him. And, and I think that's what what we're doing, right, is, is we're going back for these for these soldiers, for these these men and women, and and making sure that their stories, um, you know, live on forever. Um, you know, there's another soldier, um, and he spent time with his friends just just a couple of days before he shipped out, and and he. He spent time with with each of his friends at at a gathering or a party, and and hugged them and and told them to to look at him and and touch his face and remember him, because he knew he wasn't ever going to come home, and and his premonition or his, you know, the the, the things he was saying came true, and I think those are it's just for for me and I think for so many people the. The lives that were were lost, maybe they weren't lost, but their lives were never fulfilled, right? You think of the the doctors, the lawyers, the senators, the you know the greatness that that these fifty eight thousand men and women could have had in our country going forward. It's just important for us to to tell those stories. Um, it's. It's just powerful to sit down at the kitchen table and look through photographs and 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 we all have the photographs of that our mother took of us right sitting in the kitchen sink taking a bath or um, there was a uh, a soldier he was a, a navy a navy seal he was a corpsman and the night of his wedding his uh, his brother and his buddies went to the house and they they. Is it chivalry, right, or whatever? Mm-hmm. They, they yep. ran around the house, and they went in, and they stole the bride, and they took her and threw her in the car. And and he jumped out the second-story window down under the hood of the car to, to steal his bride back. And it's just fun stuff, right? Fun mm-hmm. stories, things that we should remember, those stories that we should be sharing over a beer with, with them, talking about those those times that, that happened. And... There, there's a there's a story like that and a hundred stories like that for sure. every every one of those soldiers. Mary Jane, we've heard about so many Vietnam veterans who were hurt by the fact that they didn't have a hero's welcome when they came home. What do you think can be done to ease that pain? Oh my, um, I think that one thing is is that that when you look at a, somebody that's a veteran and you say to them, thank you for your service, it just doesn't flow out of your mouth that you're 
really looking at them and saying, I really thank you for what you've done for me and all of us. And that it's not just something that just is like saying thank you. It's that it's thank you for the time that you spent away from your family and away from those that you love, and you put that time in for us. And I think to some degree, because we've gone away from the draft, for for a number of reasons, it's hard for a lot of Americans to identify with that. The other thing I think it's hard for them to identify with is that when you look back at Vietnam, the casualties and the age of the casualties, 18, 19, 21, 22, 20, the youth that we lost, not only in terms of what Bryce said, in terms of doctors and lawyers and and senators, et cetera, but also I think of it too, Bryce, and you certainly do, in terms of little league coaches and teachers and people who were good members of their churches and um made sure that the booyah got made at the church picnic or that served hot dogs at the football games or all of those things, those members of those communities that help keep our communities strong. And they, were, they never got to help fulfill that for our, for our communities and our state. We have uh, Vern with us now who has called in. Vern is a Vietnam veteran and has some information. Hi, Vern. Thanks for calling. Yeah, I'm trying to give you information on Gerald A. Weiser. It's Gerald Arlene Weiser. He stepped on a landmine in Vietnam on May 30, 1967. And uh, if you go to Stanley Public Library, downstairs they got the Stanley Republic in big binders, and you can find his obituary. Shows his picture on the front page. He's got his helmet on. He was going to be 18 years old in about a week when he got killed. He was born June 15, 1948. And uh, that's where you should get a picture from. The hardest part was his dad couldn't take it. When, you know, He blamed himself because he signed him in when he was 17 years old. So I helped take care of his dad for like 10 years, and his dad never got over it. I ain't say this. He died drunk. But um, he just never got over it. Wow, that is just you know those kinds of stories are 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 so hard hard to hear. Mary Jane, in your discussions with veterans or or the families of fallen Vietnam veterans, do you think the feelings about the war have changed? Are, are those memories still as raw as they've ever been? Um, I think. Well, things always change to some degree, you know, with um, with time. Um, but I also know that sometimes it's very difficult, especially, f- well, it's, it, it's, it varies in families, but lots of times the mothers, um, they just have a tough time with it. And I remember watching something um, about the Second World War and that there was a piano in the house. And once the son didn't come, you know, was notified, the family was notified that the son had died in the Second World War. The mother never played the piano again, ever. And I so I suppose that in families there are those traditions that may very well have stopped, whatever it might have been, a certain thing at Christmas or something on a birthday or something like that. Um, can can I ask a question, though? Can we go back to if Vern is still there? Just yeah, I'm to, still here. 
What the name was again, please? Uh, Gerald A. It's Arlene Pfizer, V-I-Z-E-R. Okay. And as a second note, I'm out here in the town of Wilson. We have the oldest Vietnam Memorial Park in the United States. My Aunt Alice created it. It's on Hamilton's Falls Road in eastern Eau Claire County. And they got two memorials there. Uh, they got Gerald Weiser. They had a grave marker there for him. And they had one for John De- uh, Earl Delmeter, who got killed in World War II. And that thing is a mess. Mm. And I told the Marines that, and they never did come out here to fix it. Okay. But that was made. We created that thing in 1967. My aunt did. Well, thank thank you for sharing that, and um, Mary Jane, I'm I'm sure you appreciate having that information as well. The Stanley Library's got he shows him. You want to see the hard cold stare of, of a veteran? He's got his helmet on. You see the hard cold stare of somebody who's been in combat. Yeah. Well, I just wanted to double check, and we'll go back and look at what we've got in our files. So thank you. Okay. Yeah. I, I appreciate uh, appreciate that call from from Vern. <laughs> Bryce, as an educator, you Im- incorporated this into your classroom, and I'm really curious uh, why you thought it was important for your students and, and what they learned from it. I want, can I speak just to something real quickly about Mary Jane, what Mary Jane had just said? Absolutely. Um, I think, I think what, what I've found over the last 15 years here is is with this project uh with the faces to the name with wisconsin remembers with with the genealogy project and then the the lv lambo i think wisconsin at least in in my travels has has we found a lot more or we found that people have become a lot more willing to to share stories the the awareness and the remembrance has really allowed a lot of healing to occur um my dad didn't speak about his service. I mean, we had his photographs, and and there were some videos that that he had taken with with a camera with no sound or some uh, voice recordings that he had sent home to my mother. Um, but there just and I never had the opportunity to really talk to my dad. It was just something that he he chose not to. And, and many Vietnam veterans uh, were the same. But they once the public really started to understand and 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 realize the wrongs that 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 we had created right and and not helping them reintegrate back into society or thanking them for their service um people have really started to to open up and, and my dad is was a perfect example um after LZ Lambo he he started to talk and um, we were able to, I uh, was able to go with him in 2013 on the honor flight. And he was able, when we got back, he just finally, and the first time in his life, I, I saw his shoulders just relax and it was almost like he was at peace. And um, so I think, I think what we're doing has been so positive. Um, for my students, I think what what I wanted to teach them and I wanted them to take with them was just that that idea of service, finding a way to to serve in your community. Not everyone is set to to be a soldier, but there are so many ways to to volunteer, or get involved. And, and I think Mary Jane said it so elegantly, elegantly. Sorry, my voice with with just serving hot dogs at the baseball game or all of those little things that are that our communities need. And, and that was what my message to those students was from, from day one in the classroom. We can read about history, but 
but really the way we want to, to teach about it is to, to bring people in that have experienced it or get those students out involved in the community so that they can have those same types of experiences. And it was, it was, uh, it was tough, right, trying to get everyone to buy in. But as, as families started to call us or contact us and we started to read letters or families would send handwritten letters from soldiers to us, that you know that there's that these soldiers wrote from Vietnam, or we would. Um, I still have uh, it's it's in Taylor County. I still have a, a Western Union telegram that was delivered to a family, to a mother, and and those things just the kids bought into those things because now they could touch it, they could feel it, and then they could start to to really feel how these families felt, and and it inspired them to to want to do more. We have a, a little less than a minute in our time together remaining. And, Greg, I, I guess I just, I just want to ask what you think the public can take away from these projects and the other projects that you have. Um, you know, we're still dealing with the effects of the Vietnam War and other conflicts, you know, every day. Uh, we're, you know, trying to integrate the Hmong community into our, into our you know, into our community here in Wisconsin. Uh, you know, these, these, these things are still reverberating today. Uh we need to come together, you know, in a time that there's so much divisiveness out there, you know, this is an opportunity for us to come together as citizens of Wisconsin and, you know, thank each other, remember each other, have, you know, have that beer, you know, whatever. Mm -hmm. uh, just remember that we are here together. I want to thank all three of you for an amazing program today and for sharing all of this and, and all of your hard work. You're listening to Route 51. I'm Shereen Seward extending one more time a sincere thanks to our guests, Mary Jane Herber, Greg Krieger, and Bryce Kelly. Our producers are Joy Ratchkramer and Kate Springer. Our executive producer is Rick Ryer. Rick is also our on-air producer today. Thanks to John Altenberg for the Route 51 theme. Thanks to special music from David Morales and Jim Croce. You can hear the archive of today's program, as well as our previous programs at WPR.org slash Route 51 and on your favorite podcast platform. A reminder, you can view Wisconsin Remembers, A Face for Every Name, and The Wall That Heals now through Sunday afternoon at Nicolay College in Rhinelander. Both will also be at Stevenson Area Museum in Crivets in June. Thank you for joining us today. If I could save time in a bottle The first thing that I'd like to do Is to save every day Till eternity passes away Just to spend them with you If I could make days last forever if words could make wishes come true I'd save every day like a treasure And then again I would spend them with you But there never seems to be enough time To do the things 